The 2020 National Hockey League draft is in the books, and the Sharks take an unprecedented nine forwards. We'll tell you who they are, and we might get into some free agency previews too, right now on Teal Town Live. Good evening, everyone. It is October 7th, 2020. And as we said before, the Sharks complete their draft. And uh, a surprising one, to say the least. <laughs> With the amount of forwards and amount of trades that they did uh, to get up into higher spots. With that, welcome to Teal Town Live. This is your live interactive Sharks show on the internet, on YouTube, showing you all around the world. Follow us on the social on the, with uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, and of course our favorite Discord. And if you want to be part of the show, chat with us and fellow hockey fans in the YouTube chat on the page or the app. And of course, hit us up at tealtownusa.com. Hi, everybody. I am PuckGuy14. I am joined by Mark Eisenberg and Kevin Lacey. Guys, uh... Another draft in the books. Uh, Mark, I'll, I'll start with your initial thoughts as to what you think overall the Sharks did uh, today. Um, it was a very long day. <laughs> and um, I think there was a clear trend that the Sharks are going for here. Small and speedy and skilled. A lot of puck, skill, puck handling skills. Um, guys that can pretty much play all over the ice. And speed was definitely emphasized with these picks and apparently we just are only drafting forwards going forward that is going forward and moving forward with his analysis mr kevin lacy hey guys uh first off i disagree with everything that you just said because isn't this the vice presidential debate kevin your, your time is up okay. kevin kevin your, your, your time is up no, let's talk about the Nashville Predators. Let's talk about them for the next Kevin, half Kevin, your, your, your time is up. Uh, and, and like I said off air, this is a no-fly zone. So let's let's just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so guys, all, all jokes aside, let's, let's get to it as to uh, how everything went out. Of course, last night was round one. Uh, Ozzy Weisblatt uh, goes 31st overall. Uh from the Prince Albert Raiders of the WHL. Uh, I know you guys briefly touched on, or touched, well, not briefly, but more so touched on it yesterday uh, with Eric Landy. Uh, what did you guys take from uh, from this first round pick? Good pick, safe pick, off the board? Uh, Lacey, I'll start with you. I really like this pick. You know, this, it doesn't fill all the boxes that I think the Sharks uh, needed, although there are some guys that I, I feel like do. Uh, but Ozzy Weisblatt, I believe, is the most talented player that the Sharks drafted, which, of course, great since he was the highest pick that they took today or the last two days. Uh, but, yeah, just a really solid, uh, pesty, small forward, but plays bigger than his, his physical size. And uh, very talented, good, good skill, good speed. Just, I, I really like where the Sharks are going. Just in the draft, I do feel like 
overall, they took a lot of the same style of player. I, I feel like it's the style that the Sharks really need, especially when you look at the teams that have beaten on them the last couple of years, like Vegas, speed and feistiness. So the Sharks are uh, going to bring it back back at these divisional foes here in a couple of years. Uh, Mark, you agree or disagree with what Kevin Kevin said here? I think uh, they got a guy that's going to be up and coming, and you need that speed for the future. Agreed. Um, I wanted the Sharks to take a top six potential um, forward with their first pick, and I think that's exactly what they did. They got a guy who has puck skills, speed, and I think what we can all remember from some of the Sharks teams of the past, they always could use a bit more speed. I think they're really going in that direction now with this pick. Yep. And a couple of comments in the chat. And if you haven't seen Ozzy's story, it's on sportsnet.ca. Zach, good evening to you, sir. Uh, yeah, definitely check it out. Of course, the you know everybody's talking about how Doug Wilson Jr. Uh, signed the pick uh, for his uh, mom and dad who are uh deaf so very cool to have that unique perspective to it alicia you get to see ozzy play several times this year i love this pick uh yes absolutely and hopefully make the jump uh to the sharks in no time uh so a lot of speculation going on about what the sharks would do at 34 uh they moved down to 38 and picked up some extra picks for seeing point for Kevin Lacey, who called it the night before. Uh, <laughs> and with the 38th pick, they selected Thomas Bordalo uh, from the U.S. National Development Team. Uh, had a fairly decent uh, year with 23 goals overall in 66 games between what the National Development Team played and then the games that they played with the USHL. Uh, you know, a lot, you know, not a whole lot of Americans went out in the first round, but then. The, the development team, uh, Mark, really started getting a lot of picks, and, and Bordelow looks like a uh, promising one. Yeah, I was actually pretty uh, impressed with this pick. Uh, across the board, I think there was a pretty strong consensus that he was a guy who was going to go in the 30s, maybe in the 40s. Um, I feel like the Sharks got good value here. Um, the one thing I really like about his game, um, and I'm going to be careful with this comparison because I'm not going to compare it to Joe Thornton, but I hear he has great patience with the puck. Um, he's great on the power play, and what he's really good at doing is waiting until he's got an opening and then distributing the puck, which I think would be great for the Sharks going forward. Lacey Borderlow looking uh, Joe Thornton-esque. Yeah, bud. Yeah, bud. I think that Tomas Bordelow is uh, definitely the fastest player that the Sharks drafted here this year. Uh, I love the speed. You know, basically, that's a theme. Uh, there's maybe only one player that they took in the whole thing that uh, isn't a fast, elusive skater. But Orlo uh, definitely has high the highest end speed. Uh, definitely good offensive instincts. I like his bloodline, too. I was a big fan of his dad, Pat. Uh, oh, my goodness. Patrick Bordelow, uh formerly of the Montreal Canadiens, and if I'm not mistaken, was selected in the expansion draft by Nashville yes. way back when. Um, so uh, he was more of a defensive uh, uh, D-zone style forward. Bordelow's the opposite, but Bordelow can play in both ends, and just he's got a, a real nice skill set all around. I, I, I know that last night 
Doug Wilson Jr. in uh, the post-first-round presser talked about they had a guy in mind to pair with Ozzie Weisblatt. To me, immediately said, okay, well, obviously it's a forward. And I really did think that the Sharks would move down because most of the players that were at the top end of the board when it came around to pick 34 were defensemen. So a smart move by the Sharks, a calculated risk that I believe paid off because, as I said on last night's show, I think the Sharks really uh, eye someone and stick to that like they did with Weisblatt last night. I really think Bordalo was their guy. And, and they got him at 38 plus another pick on top of it. So just good work by the Sharks all around throughout the day. We're going to talk about that a lot, but yeah. I really like what they did today. Yeah, they they looked like they had a really successful uh, draft, even though it was just straightforward, but they addressed some needs that they need to get some speed and some scoring uh, forward-wise. Uh, you know, a couple of things in the chat. Uh, f- uh, Skyler saying, you know, so the shark said, if you ain't five or ten or lower, GTFO. <laughs> and that's uh, funny because I've criticized the sharks on many of these draft recaps about why they are so reluctant to take anyone under five foot eleven. Right. Last year we did start to see this trend, and I think that the sharks are probably looking at it as we're gonna beat this thing home. But damn it, we're probably going to come out with two, at least two NHLers out of this, you know. Um, if we, if we, if we pick enough of the same style of player, a couple of them will work out. I think that was their philosophy, but I'm okay with that. Yeah, uh, and uh, uh, Bordalo has committed to the University of Michigan, so definitely you're going to see a lot of him uh, in highlights here and there for sure. Uh, so. Moving onward, they had another pick later in the round. Uh, they took Tristan Robbins, 56th overall, uh, from the Saskatoon Blades, who put up some really nice numbers, 73 points uh, for uh, for the kid from uh, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Actually, uh, was born in London, for that matter, uh, and and definitely a whole. You know, just going through overall, and we'll get to a lot of them. Definitely a um, a worldwide draft too, Mark. They didn't go with just one one spot. They also, you know, they they went. I mean, uh, who was it earlier? Bordalo was born in Houston. You know, now Robbins, you know, a five ten one seventy six right winger uh, from uh, originally from London. But what did you see from from Robbins? What do you think? Just on that point, I'm wondering how many people who've played in the NHL are actually born in London. I, I don't have the number myself, but yeah, they definitely did take um, players from all over um, various parts, whether it was Europe or the U.S. Um, I thought Robbins was a good pick as well. Uh, he was projected a little bit lower um, by some of the experts, but I'm okay with the Sharks once again picking ahead if they feel strong about a player. Um, he's got good puck skills good one-on-one player and he also apparently has a good two-way game winning i think it was top defensive player for his team so yeah the team gm had a lot of good things to say about him and you can see his numbers he had a pretty strong year kevin care to add anything really love this pick to be quite honest uh everything that i've seen is that 
lot of scouts had him rated low, but they all said probably deserves to be higher than where we Sam Cosentino on NHL Network today was raving about this kid. I thought I found a theme that Sam Cosentino was raving about a lot of the Sharks picks here uh, early on. And so that's great for us because we have had past years where the Sharks draft someone and you see them scrambling on air. Like, uh, he's a forward who is from Sweden and um help me out here guys you know so tristan robbins uh, you know last night i said i wanted the pain in the ass i don't care if he's small or whatever i wanted the pain in the ass forward who can score and i think tristan robbins really nails this point home so even though i think weissblatt uh is he, he's feisty but he's not he's more gritty than he is just tough i think that robbins can put the puck in the net has a great shot and can go in there and just bang around in the corners. So uh, I, I'm pumped for this pick. This is the most pumped I've been for a pick in a while. <laughs> and for a third rounder, or excuse me, second rounder, you know, it, it, you kind of get those little bit iffy ones there. But so far from these three picks in the first two rounds, I think Doug Wilson Jr. and the whole uh, scouting staff did a heck of a job uh, going for it. And, and I, I'm looking, I'm looking in the chat here and, and you know they're mentioning uh, you know Robbins could be an absolute steal from like a tiger. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> Tristan Robbins' new nickname should be Mister Worldwide. Make it happen, Sharks. <laughs> uh, so did I did I hear correctly that his dad was once in the organization as a goaltender? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yep. Played was with the organization. Yeah, with uh, in fact, he was wearing his dad's uh, training jacket uh, with uh, for his uh, draft interview on on the post media call. So, a very cool indeed, and very nice to have a little bit of a tie back into the organization. And it's crazy to think that you're going to have ties back into the organization from the '90s. That must mean we're all getting older, all except for Mark, I guess. So. <laughs> Moving moving onward to round three, they moved up in the in the draft to pick up this guy. All right, Kevin, this is where you're going to come in, bud. Uh, Daniel Gushin. 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 All right. Cool. It, it, That's good. Thank you. And, and a little confusion whether or not he has one L or or one I or two I's in the name. So interesting. We'll we'll find that out as it goes on. But the Sharks listed you know, as one I. The funny. The funny thing about that, Eric, was I said the same thing last year about your Tyken, and then that never got corrected either. So this might stick. All right, five eight one sixty five. A little guy, speedster, uh, can play on both wings uh, from the Mesquite and Lumberjacks of the USHL. Uh, f- put up over a point a game, boys. Uh, Mark, what do you say? Well, this is one of two guys we take from Mesquite uh, in the draft. Yeah, I think this pick and we'll obviously get into the next one as well are both kind of wild cards. They seem, and I'll just speak first about Daniil, but he specifically seems like he's got a great skill set. Um, the general feeling with him is that he tends to sometimes disappear with certain games, but when he's on, he's on. He's a dominant player. So he had good numbers in the USHL. Obviously, it's not one of the indicators as to how he's going to be in the future. But um, he's going to Niagara, the OHL, originally Russian-born. 
um, he's got a great game and he's highly rated across the board. So this could end up being one of those picks that in the third round, maybe even looks like he could have been a first rounder. But once again, it's all how he develops and how determined he really is to be the best player he can be. Definitely, Mark. I agree with that uh, because to me, his biggest uh, asset is his speed. So I would like to see some other parts of his development really push upward. Uh, I did hear that Gushin is good friends with Ivan Shakovich of the Sharks and Barracuda, and I believe they're training together right now. I found it funny on the conference call that Doug Wilson Jr. said, well, Gushin was on a, a really terrible Muskegon team last year, and I was thinking, that's funny. Ivan Shakovich was on a really terrible <laughs> Barracuda team last year, but I digress. Uh, but yeah, just uh, he, he's a small, small player, but... I think there's a lot to like about this pick, and and uh, the Sharks won't have another pick for a while, right? Oh, or no, the, they still have one they more. Got, yeah, they they guy. moved up in in the draft to get to the fourth round. I think, if I'm not mistaken, they traded both of their picks in round five to get to number four. But of course, Skyler with a super chat donation for $5 appreciated. Of course, if you want to donate to the super chat, feel free to do that. Uh, all of the proceeds go back to supporting the show, or you can use our Venmo at Teal town USA. But Skyler saying Shane confirmed that Daniil has one eye from himself. Also a third. Oh, I hope he has two. Otherwise he won't be able to play in the NHL. Oh, Oh, letter. I, Oh, my bad. Uh, <laughs> also, a third round pick that we like. Is this the Sharks drafting? <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah, that's a really good point. You know, uh, third rounders have been uh, a tough one for the organization. I mean, they've usually done later round success, and we'll get to the later round in just a second. But Cole Campbell also brings up a good point with these small ones, and we'll uh, we'll keep going uh, throughout the show. Uh, with this, but the only thing that scares me is size as we continue to draft little guys. Uh, no disrespect, but when you play St. Louis, Anaheim, LA, where we are so small, uh, tired of us getting dominated physically. Uh, and, and I remember those days of Alex Korliuk, and I kept seeing that when I was looking at the, at the heights of these guys. They got a lot of skill. I just hoped they got, uh, you know, the toughness to deal with, with the, uh, with the tall guys that are going to throw their body around. I think that's why I think that's where the Sharks really honed in on though. Maybe not so much with the Gushin pick, but with Weissblatt and Robbins especially and and Bordalo to an extent. I I think they picked smaller players, but guys who won't be rattled. So I think we're okay on that, which is again great because I think the Sharks organizationally are a little bit small and a little bit soft. Yep. All right, moving on to uh, the guy that kind of s stands out, literally, uh, among among these guys, uh, Brandon Coe, uh, the fourth-round pick, uh, 98th overall for the Sharks, 6'4", 188, and I, I keep thinking, wow, I need to lose some weight here. <clears throat> he was a winger from the North Bay Battalion of the OHL, uh, 57 points, 60 games, uh, what did you think of this one? This kind of threw the things off a little bit, Mark. Yeah, nice change of pace here, going with some size. Um, he's, like I said about the previous player, he's kind of a wild card. I've seen some people say that he's got a first-round tool set, 
doesn't mean he's using that tool set to the full abilities, but he's got a first-round tool set. Um, had an okay year in the OHL. Obviously, you'd expect more scoring from someone who's been in the league for a little bit. Um, but he's got size. He's got tools. I guess the Sharks feel they can work with that, and if they believe they can get the best out of him, then once again, them going for a guy that they truly want, obviously, since they traded up for the pick. Kev? Yeah, I first off, regarding the trade to get this pick, I was a little annoyed because this was around the point that the NHL broadcast, NHL Network broadcast just desti- decided to stop reporting trades <laughs> uh, because they were interviewing, interviewing Will Coley, who got drafted by the Rangers, and he's talking about Star Wars. And I see the little graphic switch from Montreal to the Sharks, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, what happened? Okay, we have a pick now. Cool. Awesome. And then they say, now let's talk about Sam Stang, who was picked by Detroit. And I'm like, no, let's talk about the trade that just happened on your screen that you didn't even. So that that drove me nuts. But the sh- good to see the Sharks uh, moving up, getting a much bigger player uh, than they, they uh, the style of pick they've had so far with Brandon Coe. The thing is, when the, when the trade happened, I'm looking at Bob McKenzie's uh, remaining available list and co was the highest available mm-hmm. according to him so that made me happy uh big size good skill as mark said i know that his skating has come into question in the sense of speed alone apparently co is actually a very good skater at six foot five but he's not a fast skater so hopefully uh with some development and uh you know, I, I forget who the Sharks skating coach is, but he's so fast, so awesome to watch. I hope... Uh, Paging Rocket coach, Backhander. I know she knows off the top of her head. Yeah, because um, yeah, we both marvel at that, at his, his skating. So hopefully Brandon Coe um, hooks up with him soon, and, and we'll have a, a swift skating six-foot-five winger. That'll be cool. Yeah, and just to to make a correction here, uh, the Sharks acquired Montreal's fourth round pick, which was that 98th overall to Seletco. Uh, it was for Washington's 2021 third round pick. That was the one that they acquired in the Brendan Dillon trade. So okay. essentially, you're going to have Brandon Coe for uh, for Brendan Dillon, who signed uh, with the Capitals. We'll get to that in a little bit here, but. Uh, you know the Sharks did trade their their two picks later on, and then they decided to wait a couple rounds and uh, go to uh, the seventh round, where the where you know where we know their late round picks have been very very successful and uh, really achieved status. Uh, we won't mention uh, some guy that was in the Stanley Cup final who almost won the Conn Smythe, Joe Pavelski, but I digress. But in with their first pick in the seventh round, taking 200 for, or 196th overall, excuse me, Alex Young, a 5'10", 170-pound center from the Canmore Eagles of the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Uh, some pretty impressive numbers. Uh, I would assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, the AJHL is a kind of equivalent to the BCHL, where it's kind of a yes. like a Tier 2 junior yes, league. It's junior B. And, and uh, you know, uh, so guys, uh, I'll start with you, Mark. Uh, Alex Young, what do you think of the guy? Uh, full disclosure, I actually don't have a ton of information on him. I feel like he was kind of a classic 
Shark's guy where you completely know nothing about him. <laughs> he, uh, he's very rarely rated by anyone. Uh, I think the only rating I could even find for him was Future's Consideration had him in the top 200, but nothing high. Um, I'm rarely ever going to complain about a seventh-round pick. You never know what scout has seen this guy play uh, and may just see something that no one else does. Um, I know he had really good stats in a league that tends to good stats, but that's really all I know. He's going to college next year. He's going to be at Colgate, so we'll have a little bit more exposure to what he can do next year. Um, I know he's born in Calgary as well. Something that Doug Wilson Jr. mentioned about Alex Young was he's a guy that, quote, we should have drafted him last year. So he's been on the radar for a while. That, that struck me a bit odd um, when you're talking about a junior B player, but he has led uh, his team, if not the league, in scoring the last two seasons. So that's a positive. I do look at Alex Young as, as Ian Reed and I like to refer to. He's a guy. Uh, I don't see anything particularly glaring about him, but so he's definitely the will see type of character here. Um, I will say though, Alex Young, for a draft that was littered with names that are even for me uh, a, a little bit puzzling, <laughs> uh, Alex Young is the easiest name you're going to say all week. All right, all right, and and Kyle Hipwell correcting me, and thank you very much for that. The AJHL's Junior A for kids planning to go to college route versus WHL, and that's wow. where the the similarity with uh, the BCHL uh, comes into play, along with the SAS Junior Hockey League, where we know uh, from the. Uh, Broncos. All right. So appreciate that, Kyle. Thank you very much for the correction. We always want to make sure we get the accurate information on that one. Uh, moving onward to uh, did I did I skip one? Yeah, yeah, I did. Order here. Yep, there, there we go. go. Adam Horaxka, two hundred first overall in round seven. Uh, another five ten one seventy eight right winger. Uh, I would assume he's he played a little bit with. Uh, Alex, uh, is it Alexi or Alexis Lafreniere, uh Alexi. in Alexi uh, from mm -hmm. the Rimouski Oceanic of the uh, Quebec League? Uh, what do you guys think of uh, this one? And, and I know we're getting in round seven, so there's there's kind of like you know almost like drawing out of a hat a little bit. But uh, anything that you uh, you've heard from from uh, Regarding Adam Rashka, uh, he, from what I hear, oozes talent, uh, which is great as a seventh-round pick. I heard that his biggest knock is that he's kind of sloppy with the puck, which says to me he tries a lot of creative things, but he's not so successful in in uh, making those those things happen. And then the puck goes the other way. I have heard he's, Oh, I, I should have mentioned about Gushin. I heard he's got an endless motor as well. Uh, so that's again, another theme with, with the picks. Uh, I've heard the same thing about Rashka. I have heard that he is, uh, sufficient in his own end. Um, I just hope that if he's got all this offensive creativity with some development, some training camps of being around better players than the level he's at right now. I'm hoping that'll, that'll spark something in him that he's able to improve all around. Uh, you got anything, Mark? Um, I actually wanted to add one quick thing on the AJHL. Um, 
Kel McCarr actually came from the AJHL prior to going to UMass and kind of put the league, not necessarily on the map, but got it a little bit more respect. Prior to that, I believe there was only one guy who had ever had an impact in the NHL who came from the AJHL. Um, but it seems as though the league's getting a bit more attention now. Um, going back to Adam Raschka, um, sounds like he's a hardworking player, a little bit scrappy. Um, his numbers weren't terribly impressive for the QMJHL, but he was also kind of buried in that lineup. Um he had an injury, I know, that ended his season, so he didn't get a ton of games in last year. I think he only played 35 or 36 games. Um, but we'll see what happens this year. He's still going to be with Ramuski, which is generally a pretty good organization in the QMJHL. Yeah, they've produced some guys, you know, like Vinny LeCavalier, Sidney Crosby, uh, Lafreniere. Not putting him on the same boat as that, although, of course, if he develops nicely, that'd be great to see, uh, and you would love to see that happening excuse me so let's get back into hang, hang on I oh, oh, more oh here. sorry my it's bad. not even about the sharks it's just the player that was picked out talk about names the player that was picked after adam rashka is named gunner wolf fontaine picked by nashville <laughs> gunner wolf fontaine how can you top that oh my goodness <laughs> I, I i mean it's not in the draft but ivan yushenkov is is one of one of my favorite uh, favorite names to say. So, but yeah, Gunnar. Gunnar Wolf Fontaine. Wow. And not to be confused with Gunnar Stahl from uh, D two the Mighty Ducks. All right, second Gunnar Stahl reference I've heard today. Go figure. My my bad, my bad. You know. All right, move, moving onward uh, to the two hundred six pick Linus Uberg. Uh, six foot, another six foot. What, what, what happened here? Uh, 203 pound center. Um, oh boy. You're going to have to help me out with this one, Kevin. I'm glad you're here. Uh, what's that? Urebro. Sure. Urebro, <laughs> HK in the, uh, Swedish hockey league, uh, put up some, put up some decent numbers there. Uh, I mean, uh, when you get, again, when you get into the seventh round, you kind of, you know, you see a little more things to work on to develop uh you know so you'd love to see and hopefully uh pick some up picks up a, a gem in the rough with linus uberg um w the first thing that comes to mind is i'm pretty sure linus carlson who was a third round pick a couple of years ago uh, also comes from the Urebro system of course we eventually traded him to get yannick hansen i believe um, I don't have a whole lot about, about Linus Uberg other than I do know he played for the under 20 Sweden team last year, I believe in a bottom six role, um, so far in the Swedish hockey league this year. And, and this was kind of a theme throughout the draft, not just the sharks. Uh, so far this year, he has five goals in the SHL. He only had four all of last year. So he had four and 37 last year. And five in four games this year. Uh, that stat might be a little skewed because, for starters, the younger players like Uberg will not get a whole heck of a lot of ice time, or they might dress and not even see the ice through a game. So I think that's where the four goals in 37 games comes from last year. But as we saw with many players picked today, uh, a lot of the stories were 
this guy has great stats so far in 2021 for their European club. And it, it almost seems like a lot of teams were trying to showcase players intentionally to, to elevate them in the draft. So the five goals in four games is really nice for him so far. He's playing tomorrow against Malmo, which Frederick Handemark, who's a Sharks uh, player who I believe will compete for the third or fourth line center job. They're playing against each other tomorrow. Um, so that's one to watch if you uh, have the, the ability to stream that game. I will just leave it at that. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens with his ice time uh, the rest of the year in the SHL. That's the one thing I have for that. So, Yeah, I was wondering this, if uh, his recent performance in any way swayed the Sharks towards drafting him. Five, really quick start with five goals, like you said, in four games in the top league in Sweden. Um, but I also remember he scored the game-winning goal back in the World Junior Championship this previous year, um, scoring two goals for Finland in that tournament. So that's a pretty good representation there. Um, he's a little bit older than a lot of the guys that are being drafted. Um, he's at 20, I believe, right now. Yeah, he's so, a D-plus yeah, two. Exactly. Um, but apparently he's got a solid shot. He's a physical player. So could be another nice add in the seventh round for the Sharks. Yep. Indeed, and, and you can just get, again, a gem in a rough would be huge for this uh, development squad, uh, for sure. Now, to I think the pick that, that Mark is probably going to get really excited about, because, you know, we, we've kind of gone gone over to him for being a, a UMass guy, um, but Timothy Spiseroff, uh, 210th overall uh, in the seventh round, 5'11", 210, Went to the Culver Academy, uh, the high school in Indiana, uh, put up some really sweet numbers. And, of course, he has committed to UMass. Uh, so, Mark, I'll, I'll put you on the spot here, uh, who who we've banked on about Mario Ferraro, John Leonard. Uh, we, we expect you, COVID, COVID standards being, you know, required, of course, to check him out if you're able to. Uh, but uh, a, a high school kid in Indiana. I mean, but now that being said, he is from, um, you know, he is from uh, from Moscow. Uh, so I'm not sure how he ended up in Indiana. But but uh, what do you think of this kid? Uh, definitely my favorite pick of the day due to the UMass connection. Um, <laughs> I just love keeping this UMass and the Sharks connection alive. I mean, it started with PJ Fenton long ago. And since then, we've had Justin nice. Braun, Matt Irwin, James Marcou, who played in the AHL, and um, Matt, uh, John Leonard, Mario Ferraro. It just keeps on happening. So every time I see a draft that's going to have some UMass guys eligible and being ranked, I always get a little bit excited. Um, he actually was the fourth UMass player or commit um, who was taken in this draft. And it, it's really hard to get a read on him. It also is a long way off. Apparently, he's not even going to be with UMass until possibly the 2021-22 or 22-23 season. Yeah, I heard that too. So we don't exactly know where he's going to play. Um, I believe Muskegon also owns his USHL rights, but there's no word as to where he's possibly going to be playing, I believe, next year. Um, but his numbers were amazing in the high school. The team's playing for more than a goal per game. But um, rumor is he was on a pretty weak team, kind of a one-man show there, and... They're getting pounded on most nights, but 
once again, the connection's alive for me. So just more opportunities to go watch Sharks prospects in college. I can't follow that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. With that, all right. Thank you very much. I, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, Skylar Greenberg has a good question that I think will help kind of uh, wrap up the draft portion of this. I don't know if you want to get to it now or in a little bit, but uh, it's a good question in the chat. Uh, from Skyler in the super chat again, thank you very much. We are three drafts into DW Jr. running the scouting department and running the table today. How do we feel about his drafting style compared to Tim Burke? Of course, Tim Burke was originally the uh, the head of scouting for the Sharks, uh, and now this is again. You know, we saw uh, we saw Ryan Merkley. We've uh, why am I blanking on our? We didn't have one last year for the first rounder. Uh, that was for the Vander Kane deal, but um, what do you what do you think of the picks that that he's materialized uh, running running the the scouting department? I like his drafting style. He seems to reach for upside, which I that's always been my draft theory. Reach for the stars with these players. I mean, you can sign, you can always go into free agency or trade for already established NHLers. Um, sign guys a lot of times in our case from Europe. There's always ways of getting those depth players who are going to be third, fourth liners. Um, obviously, the best ones aren't so readily available. But I just love the, the idea of always going for a player that you see severe upside with. Um, the Merkley pick was obviously very risky, but it looks like it's going to pay off. As of now, he's improved drastically each year defensively. And his offensive game can't be questioned. It's among the best we've seen coming out um, the junior ranks for defensemen. So I like his style. He He's bold, and that's how you have to be, in my opinion, with drafting. Yeah, and, and he's bold where he needs to be bold. Like, we've had so many drafts, especially when, when Ian and Jerk and Drew and I covered them, where we were saying, he's a solid, dependable player. That's his best asset about you know like 75 percent of the the sharks draft picks since we've been doing this so it's nice to be able to say this guy's got a bunch of skill this guy's really quick this guy's very smart and has skill or gritty with like skill 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 and i like that it was it was focused like this is the first time in a while that i feel like the sharks honed in on a real need and that need is wings and talented wings because you've got guys like Weederer and you're taken and players like that that they're there and they can fill roster space but are they going to really contribute i don't think so so it's nice to 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 feel like hey the sharks can go places with these picks i'm not saying they're the best picks because we didn't get tim stutzla with the third overall pick like we could have <laughs> but all, all, all that considered, I think the Sharks did a great job to these last two days with the draft, and I, I do commend Doug Wilson Jr. for that. And, and of course, Tim Burke still has a little bit of a say as the assistant general manager, but you could definitely tell that there is a big change as how to this team runs this draft. And you, can, you give kudos to Doug Wilson to seeing that they needed a change. Uh, you have to have... 
um, you know, a noticeable difference. But Mark, I'll come to you. Are you surprised that they did not go goaltender or defenseman in this draft? They strictly just stayed with, you know, for the most part, outside a couple of them, with small, speedy forwards that have some skill to them. Uh, not surprised about the goaltender not being selected. Um, I'm surprised that with nine picks, he didn't end up choosing one defenseman. Um, that's kind of crazy that their best player available for each pick was a forward. But, um, hey, they have some depth in the system already on defense. So they felt the greater need was forward. And if the guy at the top of their list was a forward, I don't see any issue with taking all forwards. I mean, we're bound to hit on at least two or three of these, right? I mean, nine guys with a lot of skill hopefully pays off. And I actually wasn't so surprised about defense guys uh, in the sense of the Sharks have been drafting defense the last like heavily drafting defense the last couple of years, at least. And as AJ likes to say, the Sharks are very poor at draft at developing defensemen. So I'm OK with them going with forwards. I think flo- forward was a glaring yep. need for the Sharks. So using all the picks for forwards, I'm okay with that. I thought they would get one goalie with the seventh round, with one of the seventh round picks. But it's okay. I mean, defensively, look, we've got Ferraro and Merkley, and Jake Middleton's a serviceable player. He's not so young anymore, but you get free agent pickups like DeSimone and a trade from Malash, signed Tony Sund. Uh, drafted uh, Hataka and Nizev. So I think the Sharks have enough in the cupboard. Pasnachuk was a free agent signing as well. Uh, so I think we're okay. And both Pasnachuks, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, both came from Arizona State, if I'm correct. Yeah. If I am correct there, you know, for defensemen in, in jerk saying it there. I mean, you have, you do have a lot of guys in the system, you know, uh, it just looks a little weird, but again, We've mentioned it before, losing losing those numbers from and and let's be honest, they they aren't ready yet to fill the likes of Pavelski, Nyquist, Donskoy that we mentioned throughout all of last season. So you do need you know you do need the guys like Meyer, Couture, Kane, Hurdle to have some depth. Pashnuk, sorry, jerk, I'm sorry. Okay, I will. You know, it's like Kanuk. No, it's Pashnuk. Sorry. Yeah, I, I as soon as I said it, I went whoops. <laughs> and you didn't correct me. Come on, man. Come on, you are you. We go to you and Dan Rusinowski for these things. So that that concludes our our draft recap. Let's get set ready for probably what's going to be probably one of the more crazier free agent frenzies uh, to date. I mean, you have guys that aren't getting you know qualifying offers or getting renewed, like. Anthony Duclair, you know, uh, I mean, I, I think there that's on there. I know Jerk's kind of high on Abdelkader for San Jose, but what surprises you going into free agency? And for that matter, I thought Jacob Barkstrom would have been signed by now for Vancouver. Yeah, they clearly must have differences on what he's expecting to be paid. Um, but I, I'm not necessarily sure how surprising it really is. I mean, without the cap going up, and a lot of these teams are probably going to be strapped for cash, uh, I think players are actually going to be surprised on some of their contracts that are offered to them. I don't think guys are going to get quite the boosts that they would have expected in prior years. 
Um, but there are some good names available that definitely would provide depth offense um, that if the Sharks were to go that route, which I don't know if they necessarily will, um, they could go after. I think that the Canucks can afford to lose Jacob Markstrom in the sense of they do have Thatcher Demko right there waiting in the wings. Is he ready to take the starting job? I don't know, but he's close. So if you're going to sign Jacob Markstrom, you're probably going to, it'll probably be a six, seven, maybe even eight year deal because it's internal. At that point, why keep Thatcher Demko? So for me, yeah, the Canucks want to keep Markstrom, but he's not just going to sign a one-year deal until Demko's fully ready. Uh, I I really think Jacob Markstrom ends up in Minnesota, especially now that Matt Murray was traded today. That's where I thought he was going to go. He ends up in Ottawa. Um, so I think Markstrom could very well end up in, in Minnesota. Just a hunch. But I don't see him coming back to Vancouver. Uh, kind of quickly treading back into the goaltending draft. Vince G, one of our good uh, followers, regarding goaltenders for this class, it was a scare off better than Blumquist, Dawes, and good luck taking a flyer on anyone else, in my opinion. So yeah, uh, and Mark, uh, this is this one's for you, bud. I really loved what we saw from Ferraro. I think five years down the line, that's going to be seen as one of the steals from that draft. I mean, you, again, you brought you brought the idea of Mario Ferraro uh, when he was, you know, a year or two away from uh, from showing up in the Sharks, and and I thought he played great uh, in his first year in San Jose. Yeah, you have to be pretty happy with our depth on defense, and he's another example why because you don't think of him as a prospect anymore. Now he's played a full season, but you have to remember he's very young. He's only one season into his career, and he's just a guy that you have to be impressed with after that full season. He never stops skating, ever. Like, you'll never see him take a shift off. That guy has a motor like no one I've seen before, and they love him in the locker room, and I think he's going to be one of those guys who I'm not sure necessarily how high he'll climb up the defenseman ranks. Maybe he'll top out at, like, a fourth defenseman or a third defenseman, but regardless, he's going to be a valued member of any team he's with. So I'm hoping the Sharks keep him for the long haul. Yeah, no, I think he's been a phenomenal defenseman, actually made Braun and maybe in a sense Dylan expendable uh, with his defensive play. Uh, Jerk weighing in, uh, can actually extend Markstrom and move Demko in a package for OEL. Uh, you you kind of also need to figure out the the whole expansion draft thing because you you don't want right. to you don't want to lose one of those guys freely uh, to Seattle down down the I five. Right, exactly. Otherwise, you end up in a, a Florida Tampa situation with the Vegas draft where you're severely overpaying so that the expansion team doesn't take someone like Demko or Markstrom. Right. Uh, also, you know, a lot of, um, Morocco 323, I'm high on Melnicek. Uh, you know, Melnicek seems to be the guy of the future. Also, of course, Zachary Emond, uh, who will be in, well, he'll be in the, uh, in the Quebec league, correct? Kevin? Yeah, he's playing an overage, uh, year there. I, I all of a sudden forgetting what team he's on, but cause I want to say Baycomo and I know that's wrong. But... Is that correct? What? Oh, is it Ruan Miranda? Yeah, exactly. Ah, okay. Oh, that's right. The uh, the where uh, Timo once once was. 
Yep. And so you, and, you know, Kyle Hipwell says, I feel bad for the Sharks. I'm going to go up against Kopitar, Turcotte, and Byfield for years to come. Uh, yeah. That, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. LA looks like they're going to be stacked. And it's going to be, quite honestly, a fight to get into the playoffs the next few years, especially if they're developing up. Uh, so in that sense, Mark, and I'll begin with you. What's Doug Wilson's approach to Friday? I mean, uh, I mean, there's been interest about, and there's been rumblings that they might be interested in Bobby Ryan. Uh, you know, I do like Anthony Duclair as well. Um, what do you, what do you think is out there for San Jose? Because it's like what nine million, if I'm not mistaken, that the Sharks have to play with right now, unless they make some sort of move. Yeah, somewhere around that. Um, I think it's it's going to be... It won't be a surprise if Wilson doesn't make any big moves at all. I, I really don't see him going after or actually getting a first liner. We don't have the cap space for it, and I don't... I just don't see it happening. I can see us getting a middle six player. Um, I like the idea of bringing in Bobby Ryan cheap. Um, I would be very happy to see us go after some of those other guys. Um, once again, emphasis on speed. Um, Athanasiu is available now. Would like to see that as well. Um, I think Duclair probably is expecting a little bit more money um, after that season he just had, which was pretty solid. Um, so I'm not sure if necessarily he'd be within the Sharks' range, but uh, I think the focus will be a middle six forward. Um, if you could get that second liner um, under the cap, that would be great. But um, you never know with Wilson. He could also just still be working to do a trade. And to throw in that you have to re-sign Kevin LeBanc, you potentially might want to, you could sign Joe Thornton uh, and uh, Stefan Nason out there as well. Uh, those are big names that the Sharks have to deal with with the free agency. Kevin, what do you what do you say with you? What what does San Jose do on Friday? I know they can't probably do much, but is there something you think? I think Bobby Ryan's their best bet. I I so. Ian and Hockey Jerk and Drew and I have all put together where we think uh, players will sign. Um, hope to get that list out to you guys for a, for a free agency show on Friday. Uh, I know I'm already wrong about a couple of things. I'm the only one who did not pick Bobby Ryan to sign with the Sharks out of the four of us. Uh, I, but I think he'd be a really good signing for the Sharks because the Sharks do need someone now who has a lot of puck handling skill on the wing. Um, I think the Sharks are just going to stand pat, to be honest. I know you mentioned Eric Anthony Duclair. I worry about just, he's had a history of being a diva. It's why the Rangers let him go. It's why the Coyotes let him go. The Blackhawks legitimately let him go, just didn't tend a qualifying offer to him. And he keeps bouncing around from team to team. He's got so much talent and creativity, but he bounces around so much that it's a buyer beware situation for me with him. So I don't know what else is out there that the Sharks can afford to do uh, when you're talking about top six players. I think Athanasio would be nice, but uh, he's a middle six guy to me. But could he be a, a depth guy that the Sharks could use down, you know, for a filler? Certainly, but I think the Sharks have too many of those already. Because we're right now, we're we're 
projecting Ryan Donato to be in the top six, and that concerns me. I like Ryan Donato. I thought the trade was great. But it does concern me that our hopes and dreams are of next season are relying on Ryan Donato and maybe Bobby Ryan. Uh, defenseman-wise, that number six spot, uh, you know, uh, you know, I know Jerk is mentioning, you know, ideal defenseman would be physical, something like you know Radko Gudas or Mark Borowiecki. Bor- mm. Help me out, Kevin. Mark Borowiecki, and that's who I think the Sharks are going to get. Actually, easier so. said than done. That's why I have Kevin on here for this one, folks. <laughs> and he debuted against the Sharks. I was there, so I remember. Gotcha. All right. So with that, we shall wrap this up. Uh, in case you missed anything or you want to watch this again, check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and have always available at tealtownusa.com. Uh, guys, as as easy as those names have been <laughs> this last hour, Thank you for helping out and being supportive with us. Uh, Mark, I'll start with you. Uh, thank you for joining us. I know kind of your kind of your debut in into uh, into our uh, YouTube land. I know you've written a few pieces for us, kind of helped us out, you know, prospect wise. But uh, glad to have you put a face to the Twitter uh, to the Twitter handle. So uh, thank you again for your draft coverage. Uh, your final thoughts and where the people can find you. Um, my final thoughts is a fun day for Sharks fans. I think it was a good draft and I think there's, uh, it definitely stocks up our system a little bit more. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Mark E Mark S J S. Um, I tend to follow a lot of hockey East and, um, just prospects in general. It's one of my favorite things to cover. So I look forward to, uh, being involved in more of this in the future and adding a lot more content on the site. Appreciate it as always, Mark. Thank you so much. And thank you for everything this week. Kevin, as of course, one of our mainstays, appreciate it. You as well. Your final thoughts and where the people can find you, good sir. Sharks had a busy day today, not just with the draft, but they also had to tender their qualifying offers. Antti Suomela ended up signing his, so he's under contract for another year. A two-way deal. I thought that was a little... I was a little surprised by that, but uh, he accepted it. And Manny Weederer comes back to the Barracuda. I That came out of nowhere to me. Uh, but Jeremy Waugh, uh, good luck in your future endeavors. I really did expect him to not be a shark by the end of the day. However, I thought we might be able to trade him for, for a late-round pick. But... He has been sent off to pasture. I really, I really like him as a person. Uh, I thought he was a really cool person. I've talked to him three, four times uh, outside the rink, and I, I thought he was just—he's a funny guy, good personality, uh, good head on his shoulders. So I hope that he's able to pick it up somewhere else, and and at least have some semblance of the career that the Sharks hoped he'd have when he was drafted with a, a high second-round pick. So, oh, and I'm at Kevin Lacey twenty-two. I, I was waiting for that. I was like, wait, uh, you know. Yeah, where's the cheap plug? Where's the cheap? Yeah, Kevin Lazy 22. There you go. All right. I'm at PuckGuy14 on the Twitter and the Instagram. Of course, you can follow us at Teal Town USA on the Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, worked really hard to get a lot of content out there for you. Of course, we'll be back with you um, 
We're not sure yet if we're going to go live stream during the free agent frenzy or we're going to recap the day on Friday. So uh, keep an eye out. And of course, always, 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 always hit hit that like button because we're only at 12. Let's get to, let's get to at least 14. Subscribe. And of course, hit that notification bell. That'll let you know when we go on. And if news breaks, we jump on to break it to you and uh, let you have your say in the conversation. So with that, we are out of here. We will see you sometime Friday. Keep an eye on the Twitter and the Instagram for more of that. And until Friday, keep it real. Keep it teal. Keep it real teal. Thanks, everyone. Uh, Jerk wants to go to the super secret Discord server. I think I do, too. All right. Have a great night, everyone. We will see you on Friday with the Frenzy.